Uh, welcome to the 13th uh, episode of the Lebanese Physicians uh, Podcast. And uh, today we have uh, uh, two guests with us. Uh, one guest you've already seen uh, seen before, uh, uh, and uh, a new guest, uh, Raya Tumasawaya, who's currently a uh, fourth-year medical student at the American University of Beirut. I think she'll graduate uh, probably uh, very soon. And uh, she did her pre-med at AUB. Uh, she did her... Uh, biology degree over there and then ended up going into medical school afterwards. Throughout her medical school years, she has become interested uh, mostly in humanities and medicine uh, and also uh, mental health, uh, public health and advocacy. And uh, she ended up uh, writing a book with some of her mentors uh, called Solace, a Legacy of Care, uh, which we will discuss uh, during this uh, podcast. Uh, welcome, Raya, and welcome, uh, Muhammad Ali, uh, who everybody met, I think, during the Uh, last uh, podcast that we did. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) (laughs) No, of course, it's it's a pleasure for us to to have you. So, uh, Hamad, do you want to start by asking your first uh, your first question? Yeah, I just want to go uh, way back a little bit before the book and ask you what prompted you to go into medicine in the first place. So uh, I'm going to start around in a bit of background. So uh, in high school, when the question came, uh, what do you want to do with your life? Uh, I really took it uh, very seriously because I wanted to do something important and I felt my career was uh, the way to do that. So I come from Dhurshwer in Lebanon. So it's a town very known for its community service. And so I grew up in a place and in a family that emphasized uh, giving back to the community and belonging and doing good things for your community. So that was my background growing up. And then in school, I was a good student. I didn't have difficulties with particular subjects, but I really enjoyed the sciences in particular. So I thought, how could I combine those interests together to do something that would benefit me and society? So I was like, okay, medicine looks like a really good idea. It's challenging enough. It's intellectually stimulating enough. And at the same time, it's a very humanitarian calling. So that's why I went for medicine. Then after you went to medicine, it looks like at some point in time, uh, you were observing, I guess, uh, the other students, your uh, your faculty, your mentors, and then decided that you uh, need to write a book, right? So what, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what, what inspired you to write? Uh, what inspired you to write this book? So what actually happened was a series of events that later led to the book being written. So uh, in my third year of uh, bio, before graduating, I had already applied for med school and was waiting for my answer back. Uh, But I had a very unfortunate incident with my family. So uh, my grandmother had to be hospitalized and uh, I was the one who figured it out and had to uh, go with her for the ambulance. And we live in a place that's pretty far away from very big hospitals. So the fir- our first choice was a rural hospital, but it was needed because it was an emergency. So um, as we were going there, I realized, okay, I know medicine, I know it's intellectually stimulating, I know you can do good things, big things, but I never had experienced a crisis situation of the sort. So at that time, I handled it well. My mother came and the situation got resolved, thankfully. But the imprint of that particular situation, whether it was the healthcare sector or the financials of it or the emotional uh, load of it in itself, uh, it led me to write my first, not really story, but a reflection. 
So uh, at AUB, uh, we have something uh, called learning community scores. And at that time, I had met my men to be mentor, Dr. Zakia Dimasi, who I owe um, a lot of this to her because she read this reflection actually, and uh, she motivated me to write even more. And she pointed out my skill set and that sort of writing. And at that time, I thought that, okay, this was therapeutic. This was a cathartic process of expressing my emotions. And a lot of people did relate actually to those certain events. And as I learned more in medicine and I went through the journey of medical school, I realized that a lot of people had went through similar stories, whether patients or people from the healthcare system or caretakers of patients. And that inspired me to be, okay, uh, how can I make this uh, a touching process, but also a healing process? And uh, then Dr. Zakia, um, she said, why don't you talk to Dr. Talia Arawi, who was the head of the Salim al-Hus Bioethics and Professionalism program at AUBMC. And so I met with her and uh, she came up with the idea of why don't you write a book, a series of short stories and through two main characters who would be the medical students observing several different scenarios and you highlight the importance of empathy and humanity in medicine. So that's how it all uh, worked out. Okay, so it seems that um, writing the process was therapeutic to you. And I guess this is where the name comes from. You found solace in writing the book. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Okay. And I found solace in reading the book personally. So <laughs> it goes both ways, I guess. Yes. <laughs> so that was the point as well, because I felt like, okay, you're not uh, the only person who this has happened to. Of course, it's a um, very unfortunate incident and it's a hard incident to go through. But at the same time, uh, a lot of people ha have passed through that and you can find unity and the community in that and then share the process together and slowly uh, resolve it. I guess so. I think I'm, I'm going to guess. I mean, I read the book. It's pretty easy read, uh, very easily flowing. And uh, I liked a lot of the stories, but I'm going to guess which one then is the real life <laughs> story, I guess. Yeah, uh, because there was one story about a grandma that was brought into the hospital, right? Is that yes. is that the story? Yes, that that's the one. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and basically, I think it is it is a reflection of. Uh, I mean, I've worked in Lebanon, and I, I see it. It's a reflection of of the unfortunate reality uh, over there in terms of you have to have your insurance, and then you have to have copays uh, mm -hmm. before any uh, medical therapy is initiated on your on your loved one. So, yeah, uh, exactly. And we were fortunate enough, I guess, but we were. And I think to point out that privilege that some people are fortunate enough and then they realize that it's very important so that we can work on um, a healthier and better healthcare service that would uh, be available for everyone going through a crisis and not just the people who can pay for it. Can you, can you tell us a bit about this story, like without going into details about <laughs> Yes, for sure. So uh, my grandmother, we live, as I mentioned, in Dhushwer, uh, and that's a, a area in the mountains. So uh, it all started when I was visiting her, just making sure that she was doing okay. And then uh, everything happened. She started feeling bad and she started becoming out of breath. So uh, the funniest thing I remember, it's funny right now, but it wasn't funny at the moment, is that they had to carry her physically uh, in a stretcher and then carry it down the stairs because 
there was no way that we could get her out of the house and then into an ambulance without having two people carry the stretcher in itself. So, um, and then on the way to the ambulance, it's uh, emotionally frustrating and you want to get there as fast as possible, but the roads are like really winding. They're like S-shaped roads, you know, right and left. And that uh, that was very, uh, to, the process to getting there was very hard. And then finding out that uh, they needed financially to clear her before doing anything and that the intervention was needed as soon as possible that hit hard a lot so I I was thinking that okay we have the solution or at least part of the solution why not rush to do it instead of just waiting for those bureaucratic yeses and acceptances and then figuring that out later you know I was like maybe naive enough to think that I'm a genuine person my family are genuine and that they would pay for this just please uh, help as soon as possible. So these things made me realize later on what are the important parts of the healthcare system that needs to be addressed. It was an emergency situation at that point yes. in time, it seems like. So that was a really moving story, uh, and thank you for sharing it. Uh, one of the stories that personally touched me was uh, the patient with a skin condition mm -hmm. uh, and whom the medical student uh, was able to help form an online support group and it was very inspiring uh, for me to read it. And I thought like a recurrent theme in many of the stories in the book was that through small acts of kindness, a medical student, even though they're not done with their training can make a big impact. So I wanna ask you what stories resonated the most with your readers? So I think the psoriasis one was a pretty good one, which you mentioned, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it because I have two of my close friends who already have the skin condition and it's not very much talked about or addressed but uh, the way that uh, this was dealt through the story I wanted to make sure that it was an okay situation because a lot of people look and stare at these uh, lesions let's call them and they're not infectious but people don't know that and society can be pretty brutal in terms of judging them and uh, so throughout the story, I wanted to say that people can be okay with it. You can learn, you can raise awareness about this. People can learn that it's okay and it's fine. And you don't have to judge people that severely because you don't know what impact it has on their self-esteem and their mental health as well. And that medical students really do have a role in playing um, as maybe a mediator sometimes or an observant because we get to observe a lot of things maybe and not do them because we're still learning. But through the observation, you can notice many things that help you later on in your training and in addressing uh, people's self-esteem and keeping them uh, feeling okay when they're in your office. Yeah, I think this, I mean, I think a lot of these stories show that uh, they they do show the, the humanity, humanitarian part of, of medicine. For example, I think that that lady who was waiting in clinic and seemed very stressed out and uh, was shouting at everyone, and then mm -hmm. turns out she had her own uh, uh, conditions that she was dealing with, uh, and that is why she was so stressed out. I think sometimes we judge people or we don't talk to them as well, but then once you get into it with them and talk to them more, you you tend to learn more. Uh, about them. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we tend to be very overwhelmed with our own worlds, which is very understandable, especially now considering everything going on. Uh, but, you know, taking that extra step and putting in the effort of 
not being judgmental and having enough patience to uh, say, okay, but what if this person is just acting like this because of a certain situation or a stress that they're feeling, you know, this extra effort that is the empathy in itself is very important in medicine, but also to note that uh, one should have the space and the time to be able to be that patient and give that effort. So we can't just expect people in healthcare to be, okay, uh, yes, I will be patient with everyone, but at the same time, patients need to know that. So through the book, maybe it's very clear that understanding should be there on both sides and effort should be there on both sides. But just it was a reminder for everyone there to uh, take a deep breath maybe and uh, just start again from the beginning, keeping into consideration that people are going through different things. I think in your book, you take it a step further. So we've talked a lot about the importance of having an astute sense of observation about conveying empathy, but you take it to the next step by being an advocate. So I guess I want to ask you is how can uh, we create an environment for uh, medical students to one, show empathy and two, be advocates for patients? So I think this is a very important thing because empathy is a very hot topic at the moment, but I think it should be a very uh, it should be on both sides. So it should be a top-down approach and a bottom-up approach. So students should want to be empathetic. Students should want to put in the effort, but at the same time, they should be provided with the space to do that and with the skills. So not all people are natural at this, but you can learn how to do this to an extent. And you need to have the environment to do that, you know, have the support from the administration, from the hospital, uh, and uh, to create this sort of environment. So it has to be, uh, I don't think it's a one-sided effort at all. It's a two-way street. And I'm hoping that the administration and the students would be able to bridge together when we talk more about this and raise more awareness about this. Right. I think I think I mean part of this is also a lot of talk about emotional intelligence. I think mm -hmm. it's not only being bookworms, reading and being smart. It's more about being emotionally intelligent too in terms of how to deal with people. I think that's probably the the the, the part that takes the most in a doctor. It's not like you being smart, it's more how you deal with the people around you because you're dealing with people every day. Exactly. And unfortunately, the assessments that we have as students, so as you go through pre-med and then medical school, you tend to have a lot of written assessment, oral assessment as in skills and assignments, but you don't have a way to measure empathy or to measure uh, emotional intelligence. You know, we have the med school interview, which is getting better at this and uh, but still, I think we need uh, to grow a lot more in that extent and to emphasize the importance of these soft skills and not just, you know, memorizing as fast as possible or regurgitating information that doesn't really matter the next day or with your patient. And, and I think your, your book, we were discussing this, your book was written before the current uh, crisis that hit, uh, that hit Lebanon, uh, uh, including the COVID crisis, the economic crisis, the the blast in August. How do you feel? Uh, have these crises have, have these crises had a big impact on uh, your friends, the medical students, the residents uh, at the hospital? Yes, of course. I I don't I don't think at any point in time I imagine graduating or passing through my clinical years with all these events going on. But uh, in some way, it has given us. Uh, 
an unfortunate but unique experience in ways we never imagined. And uh, we stepped up, like I'm so proud of uh, my fellow students and the residents at the hospitals and the attending. So I really see the effort that they're putting to show up and be there every day for their patients, despite everything going on, whether financially, politically, or emotionally. And um, at the same time, I know medically we're getting a different uh, viewpoint of things, but I hope that this would make us even more um, driven towards uh, tackling things like uh, healthcare inequalities, uh, financial issues in healthcare, and uh, just being there for each other emotionally, because sometimes it's uh, too much of a competitive area. And medicine is known, like pre-med and medicine is known to be a very competitive field. So it, uh, the vulnerability it has brought out in us and the way that we have supported each other is beautiful. I wish it not none of this had happened and we still got to support each other this way, but it's something you cannot control, but we're controlling how we're reacting to it. Definitely, we need the help and all the help and support that we can get. But uh, I think we're doing a good job of surviving it so far. I think you're doing more than uh, surviving. <laughs> uh, and honestly, I remember when the Beirut blast hit, I was, uh, and the hospital went on code D alert, so disaster code, and everyone, all the students, even first year medical students, residents uh, from different specialties, everyone, uh, was able to help and some something was awakened you know uh, you were describing the process uh, from going through pre-med and then medical school and how it demoralizing taking all those exams and how it takes away the humanity in it yes. but uh, in Arabic we say so uh, disaster uh, unfortunately united us and I thought uh, that was something uh, that happened this year uh, in Lebanon so I guess I want to ask you now uh, your, your thoughts about uh, wellness and the importance of humanities. Do you think humanities plays a role in the wellness of medical students? I think that we've uh, encountered many different events that showed how much humanity is important and the humanities in itself. So not just the concept of humanities, but, you know, the arts and uh, things that are not, you know, just solid sciences, uh, how much they've helped in the healing, in the grieving process first, and then to becoming a healing process. Because uh, we've baked, I mean, we've uh, written poems, we've written pieces, we've uh, drawn art. Uh, all these ways of expressing this much trauma is uh, needed and uh, should be encouraged uh, because we need to grieve this situation to be able to uh, somewhat start healing from it and i think that's very important to be emphasized and to be continued so not just in the times of crisis not just right now we need to promote a culture where that sort of self-expression is important and as a standard of care rather than just you know, an exception right now because of the circumstances. Now that we've talked about this, I mean, I think, I think so I think the student wellness thoughts that you're talking about is mostly keep writing about this, uh, keep expressing it to each other, right? And, uh, yes. and that hopefully will be part of the healing process. For that. I'm, actually, I'm actually impressed by how, how, how much people have moved forward uh, after this. I think it, it, it did not take as much time as everybody thought. I mean, I think in the background, there's still going to be always uh, uh, things to remember from this, but but people have 
for the most part, been able to move forward and keep on with their lives despite everything that, that happened. So now a question about you. So what are your future plans now that you're uh, graduating your uh, fourth year of medical school finally? So hopefully, uh, un- hopefully and unfortunately, I think it's time for me to move. I had delayed that for a while. And, you know, I think that staying uh, in Lebanon for medicine and at AUB was a good choice for me. I don't have any regrets, but I think it's time for me to explore more. Uh, I want to broaden my horizons and uh, hopefully I'm very interested in mental health and uh, public health. So hopefully I'll be completing a master's and aiming for residency in the U.S. Are you going to keep writing, are you gonna keep writing uh, <laughs> uh, more books? More books? Uh, I hope so. I don't think right now is the good time to do it because I think there's something in the writing process where, you know, once you're just, you know, it's a cathartic, process and once you're doing it constructively towards something so right now I don't think it's constructive yet I think it's very a a healing process still so it's very raw material but uh, I'm hoping later on I would have the courage to do that because it was already very vulnerable uh, to write down my thoughts and get these snippets out of my head and then share them with the whole world to see and judge which is I think something very hard to do at least it was in my experience. So I think I'm gonna need a bit of time to absorb and think uh, about this, but I'm hoping I will continue to write because I truly believe that it's a healing process for me and that sharing it with other people, it just brings people together and that's beautiful for me. You're a very talented writer and a very eloquent speaker. (laughs) And I would encourage you to continue writing, maybe even explore poetry if uh, you have all that raw material. So. Uh, and uh, express yourself uh, through different means of uh, creativity. I know there was a lot of art uh, in the book. Do you want to talk about the art in the book? Yes. uh... (laughs) Yes, so uh, the cover was done by my, actually by my school best friend. I love the book because just, I'm going to digress a bit, but I love the book in itself because the product was um, sort of uh, my idea, but people who matter to me in my life pitched in a lot to uh, help in the end product. So the cover actually is uh, the work of my best friend from school. We've been best friends since we were tiny people. (laughs) Uh, Her name is Tina and uh, she is an architect. And so uh, I told her about my idea of the design and then she took it and, you know, put it together all in all. And uh, one of the first people I showed the finished book to for uh, feedback uh, is my other best friend from school. Uh, her name is Ramallah, and she gave me a lot of feedback about particular stories. So, uh, and then it just went on, you know, my best friends from med school, uh, my very close friends, uh, Farida, Hena, they all get, started to give feedback and just encourage me to move with the process because it was very hard to publish during these times. But still, they invested so much and they believed in me. And uh, of course, Mimosa Arawi, she's the one who uh, uh, drew the illustrations. And they were um, in, in themselves, if you look at them, uh, you can explore the essence of each story. So there's a sto- uh, an art uh, to every story, and then you can see that through the art that is drawn, and it's absolutely beautiful. Any any closing remarks or advice uh, for the students moving forward? Uh, 
I think what I would say, or at least I hope someone had said to me before, is that keep your support system close. Uh, none of this would have happened without my support system, my family, my sister. So uh, uh, medicine gets overwhelming a lot of times, and then you need your safe space and your zone uh, to remind you of who you are and uh, what you're doing, uh, and because you get lost very easily. And that don't be afraid to go somewhere that is unknown, to get out of the box, to share that ideas that are not always conforming, because they do end up going somewhere even if it's not a mainstream kind of thing but you end up doing something beautiful regardless and i would encourage all pre-med students to read the book especially before they start uh, third year medical school which can be really tough especially during those times and finding their way through small acts of kindness through creativity through finding mentors so i, I guess today we talked about different venues to have that kind of support uh, for both uh, healing and grieving and finding your way forward, definitely. Thank you. Thank you, Raya and uh, Muhammad Ali for being on this uh, podcast. I agree with you, Muhammad Ali. I think it's a, it's a great book. Uh, I read it. It was easy to read. It, I learned a lot from it. And I think uh, Raya did a great job uh, writing it. I encourage everybody to read it. It's available on uh, on Amazon, right? Is, is it available yes, anywhere else? It is on Amazon. Yeah. Yes, on Amazon and Kindle, and hopefully in print soon in Lebanon. You can buy it in multiple different ways, I guess. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks to both of you, and it was great talking to both of you today. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. It was great to be back again.